I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I pulled over to the side and turned my lights off. People probably think I was getting rid of their body. Twenty Minute Tim's episode two hundred and eighty-three, the flagship podcast. I'm your host Jamie, joined by Stephen. Yes, you are, and Martin Melly. You are, and we have got some delicious games of football to talk about. I just want to start off by saying that this podcast is brought to you by our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Twenty Minute Tim's. Now, last couple of weeks we've sort of been a wee bit jokey about the Patreon and all that sort of stuff. So, I'm just going to take a little minute to tell you that if you want to support this podcast, if you like what we do, if you like that we've evolved from three guys huddled around one fifty quid microphone to everything that you see here that's all thanks to the people that support us on patreon and in exchange for their support we offer them extra podcasts videos and blogs three celtic fans season ticket holders match going celtic fans covering celtic all aspects that's us that is us all aspects of celtic previews reviews match reports and we do feature podcasts and writing and all that sort of good stuff patreon.com slash 20 minute tims peruse it at your leisure you can support us from about two quid a month and uh, I'm sure you will see something even money. Like on there. Not, that's not even money. It's not even real. No, it's happy meal money. As yeah. I keep saying, less than one happy meal a month, you can support this podcast. Keep us going. Thank you for listening. Melly Celtic v Leverkusen or Leverkusen v Celtic. I should give it the proper title. And said before the game that he was not going to back down. He wasn't going to find some sort of formula or some way of playing. He thought, I'm going to play the way I always play. I'm going to take it to them. And we learn more about ourselves and playing in that manner I don't think we can deny that Celtic did take it to Leverkusen what did you learn? I learned that Celtic are a good team watching the game I mentioned this on the reaction myself and you done that uh, previous night I'd watched PSG versus Man City mm. and it was two teams just going at it both got their own style of play both playing out from the back great to watch it was like another sport now I'm not going to come on here and say Leverkusen versus Celtic was like that game obviously the quality was a lot better but it was two teams that had a style and two teams that went out and done it. If you were watching that and you were a neutral, you'd say, you know what, that Celtic can play. They mm. can play, they can play out from the back, they know what they're doing, everybody's, everybody's got a role and everybody's going at it. And I, look, despite the late loss, it was enjoyable because I felt like Celtic are back, we're competing with a team we nearly got there going into the last 10 minutes, but I feel that Celtic can pass the ball about and more importantly, when we attack, we have purpose and we can score against any team. Mm. Bayer Leverkusen, Stephen, one of the favourites for the tournament, as we've previously discussed. What did you learn for Celtic taking it to Leverkusen? And do you think, do you approve of that approach? 
Well, I'm, I'm not going to sit here, I'm not going to fall into the trap of sitting here gushing about what was ultimately a defeat, but I think mm. it, you can take more from it than just the end result at the end of the day. I think, sure. I agree with Melly, I think what I mainly took away from the game is that Celtic, for the first time in a while, looked like they belonged at that level. And you're right to say Leverkusen are one of, they're probably the best team in the competition. Yeah. Whether they're going to win it or not is a different matter, but in terms of the, the ability that they can call upon, really you're only looking at Leicester, Mm. West Ham uh, push I mean, the, but that's highly debatable I would fancy the Leverkusen's chances against any of them so to have gone up against one of if not the best team in the competition and almost and again it's almost fair enough right but uh, I'm not going to gush about a defeat but it was almost one of the great away European results yeah. if it wasn't for that just last few minutes collapse against a brilliant team let's face it we we would have been extremely happy about taking a two one even a draw I think would have been would have been a creditable result there but it's just it really stung to finally lose the game unfortunately. Um, when you said collapse there I know what you mean but it's not the usual collapse we are used yes, to is it yeah. where you're like oh not because it kind of did feel like it was coming but in this instance I just felt because they've got better players than us <laughs> it's yeah. not as if the like the usual just Celtic goal after goal conceding in there and. When they, they scored the goals, they were really good finishes as well. So it's not as if it's the comedy ones like we're used to in the past. So while Celtic, like the goal we did score, the Jota goal will go down. I'm just annoyed that it's lost in a defeat because mm, yeah. it was an absolute peach. How many times have we sat here and said, how can teams do that to us and we never do it to them? Well, a couple of times I've said that, we're starting to do this to teams now. And yes, it is very early on and all that, but... We are out of the competition ultimately and we'll drop down. But we have taken a lot from these Europa League games. We've And all of them, I think we've played well in spells. It's just not got the results ultimately. Yeah. It's, it's We do concede a lot of goals yeah. in, in Europe. Yeah. But this is kind of the thing that we were promised with Ange. You know what I mean? And But is that is that like an excuse? Is, is there another way to play here? Is there another way to play? You know, for example, you go, you're leading the game. Could Ange at that point have changed what we've done and try and secure it and see it home? Because we were under a lot of pressure. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm discussing this purely for the sake of conversation on the, on the podcast. I personally don't really think there was, especially when we see what yeah. happened when the subs came on. So worth but it's, but it's worth topic. Yeah. Uh, when did the when did Jota's goal go in? Was it about half an hour to go? Mm. Yeah. I think that's quite a long time to shut up shop against a much better team than you. And I'm not I'm not being defeatist there or anything like that, but I think. It's a long, long way to go for you to sort of retreat into your half and try and close things out a wee bit. And I don't know if we've necessarily got the players for it just now. Missing a couple of key players mm-hmm. that maybe would have helped on that. Starfelt was out. We're playing, you know, a bit of a makeshift defence at times. I, just, I mean, it's all ifs and buts and all that, but I don't know if I necessarily would agree that with half an hour to go, we could have afforded to just say, right, let's... Yeah, shut up, shut up, manage this down the hatches and all that. No, I, I don't think so. I think what we've seen in the game was Celtic were very good going forward and on, on the counter-attack, so maybe the best way to get the result would be to get the next goal rather than sitting and defend because throughout my lifetime, Celtic have never been able to def- do that and it's, it's not a coincidence. Look, we go into every game in our domestic league and we're dominant in most of the games so when do you get to really practice the sitting in and defending it doesn't happen and ultimately like we're talking about oh, Ange need to, needs the players for his system 
okay, does he need a completely different set of players to sit in and defend? But well, I thought there was a degree of like game management against Aberdeen. We went up there, we didn't defend, but we sort of kept the ball, slowed things down a wee bit. I thought against Leverkusen towards the end of the game, like you said, we all knew the goal was coming and I felt that was because we just felt that like we couldn't hold on to the ball. Yeah, and I think the, the problem there was the substitutes, they just, the level dropped when the subs came oh, on, didn't time. they? Like, Kyogo... Jota and Forrest were all capable of. If you give them the ball, you've described Forrest as a guy that gives you yards, Stephen. Kyogo's making those runs in behind, which pushes their defence back a wee bit, and you can give Jota the ball and he can take somebody on. Replacing them, those three, while it was probably kind of necessary because then ultimately we did get the win against Aberdeen, you're just looking at it and going, see if we had one or two players who were on That's a it. level a, a wee bit higher than the subs we brought on, I think. Maybe if you'd have brought on one or two, maybe you get away with it, but taking the free off and then the level going completely down. You've said before, a jetty kills this aye, team. Does, and when he comes on, like, even if we even if we had a had a Jack and Marcus, at least it's someday we can go a wee bit more direct mm. to and maybe get out that way. But we griff. Yeah, well, aye. <laughs> it's still not still not starting for Dundee. Still getting his fitness up in near December. Yep. Yep. So it's just it's just it's that. bulking season, isn't it? <laughs> you bulking winner. Oh, he he bulked in pre-season <laughs> last summer, didn't he? But it's just the we just see with Celtic we are just a wee bit short. As soon as you take one or two players out the first eleven and then go to make subs, the level drops and it showed the other night whether we'd have got the result. But while making the subs, probably like you can't just play the same players for ninety minutes if we don't make the subs and then we lose the game. Well, why didn't you change it? Mm. So it's it's one of those. But ultimately we lost the game and it was just, I think, a wee bit more quality might have seen us through. And is fond of this, isn't he? It's not the first time he's faced a little bit of criticism. I, I, I do hest, you know, I do stress that it's a little bit of criticism, but for taking off the entire front three yeah. with quite a lot of the game to go, because as you're... It was like half an hour or so to Yeah, go. As, as you say, it's, a, it's an enormous drop in quality and they just can't offer you what that, that front three does. Now, you can't play the same players all the time. These, you know, We need to find minutes for these guys and the, the guys who start need to be managed properly, especially Forrest and probably Kyogo as well. Yeah. Kyogo will get to a point this season having played a lot in Japan and come straight to Scotland where he can't play as much I do understand that but it's just it's quite alarming to see the entire front three come off and see the players that replace them I was quite I, I think it was just the being irritated at losing those couple of goals mm. I, I started calling them that's, that's like a Hibs level front three we've got oh, we're, well, we're, we're playing the, the rest of this game with like a Hibs front three with Abada a Yeti and Johnston mm. was it I th- that's quite harsh on Johnston but the other two I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I, it's probably quite accurate but it's a quite a weird habit he's got, Ange. No, I don't know sometimes if he's right I to think, do it. Like, I'm at, I'm at, sometimes I think that, and I'm not just talking about this game in particular, but I feel like we're stumbling upon a point that I've been wanting to make for a couple of weeks in the podcast. Is like, we all like Ange, we all trust the process and we know there's a process in place, but sometimes I feel that the, the meat and potatoes of the job is winning football games and we've always got an excuse on hand for Ange not to win these games. And like, if he changes, if, if another manager was, you know, to take off your best three players... Well, the best four players in the game ended up getting substituted, right. took all best four players off and replaced them. You think to yourself, we half an hour to go. It's not like it was 10 minutes left. You cannot... Well, well, half an hour. We scored with half an hour to go, mm-hmm. so it was into the 70 minutes when we made these subs, but I'm not really wanting to make that excuse, but Ange is there to win games, so is his chance 
he has a better chance of winning more games if he has these three players available. If he keeps them on for ninety minutes for each game, he's not going to have them available. We've seen, no, man, play, we've seen play ninety minutes two weeks two games in a row. Play, but I mean, some players in the team did do it. Some players do do it. Anthony Ralston does it. Juranovic does it. Lots but, of players do it. The three up front are the ones that are constantly pressing from the front. It's a wee bit different. We've already seen Kyogo be injured this season and Forrest has been out for long spells. So do you risk taking them out? And then that Aberdeen game was another must-win game. If we don't get the points there, then does the manager take the flack for that? Because we've seen take well, we Kyogo the and McGregor out the well, team, we fail. We knew the Aberdeen game was the more important one. I suppose oh, yeah, we, yeah. we did say that and we took it to Leverkusen and maybe try to have his cake and eat it a wee bit and manage that week's fixtures with the players but I just think sometimes I was I mean I was disappointed to see the players come off I, even when that happened I thought it was so early and we were talking about a game recently it was the St Johnston game we were talking about the substitutes the fact that he left Abada on so long mm. and sometimes I'm, I'm looking at the timing of these substitutes and going maybe there's a wee bit more we could do there uh, yeah I, th- I think so I think ultimately though I think what the basic problem here is that the squad is desperately short on quality that yeah. we, we can't really change much we've been saying this all season and it has got better but unfortunately we've run into and it will happen it'll happen to every team we've run into another wee spate of key injuries really mm. we've got missing Rogic who had come on to the best football he'd played in three or four years Starfield I know I've just mentioned Greg Taylor guys like that could probably make a difference to this team not that Greg Taylor's a wonderful player or anything like that but he might free things up to make different changes but I think we just need to get to January basically and hopefully we can get some reinforcements in. Let's uh, talk about oh, on you go. I was going to say the while with Jota and all that going off there was a drop in quality for all these folks near Beaton going off was probably the one as well yeah, because he, he played very well and he had his odd pass or two but yeah, going at, oh, as soon as he's getting on form he goes off with an injury and nah. misses a game. And it's, it's his whole career by the way yeah. that's like nine years of that as soon as he starts to establish himself he'll, he'll just get injured. It's why guys like him and Rogic I felt could never be relied upon because yeah. you're looking at players who need to play 50-60 games and they're just not built for that yeah. that's why we need to go into January and sign at least one or two midfielders because while the forward line didn't really do what it was supposed to when it came on just that midfield change as well for all I think McCarthy could still be a decent player He's going in there barely played yeah, recently yeah. and that, that was a big problem but, for us. I mean, we, we talk a lot about how good the attackers in this team are. Um, asked you asked you as a question a couple of weeks ago. Um, I said, who's the best player in this team? And you both went, Kyogo. And I said, <laughs> wrong, it's Jota. So I'm going to ask you the question again. Who's the best player in this football team? Yeah, I think you're right. I think you were right. Oh, there's a couple of weeks ago, I think Jota has has finally snatched it. Write it down, mark the date, write in the comments. Jamie was right because it doesn't First happen for everything. <laughs> First time this year. Ah, the, guy, the guy's been unbelievable, and it's we're getting to the kind of the good old days of the podcast where we would get a player who was so in form, like Tierney or Sinclair mm. or Dembele or any of these guys who we, we kind of ran out of things to say about them because it was like week after week after week of Jota or Dembele or whatever has done something extraordinary. Let's talk about that and try and find different words for it. But the guy is unbelievable, Jota, right. and he's proven it. See, when he, he first came into the team, Jamie, you and I were at the, his debut together, I think it was, mm. was it Ross County from memory? I think they won 3-0 yeah. against Ross County, yeah. And he looked great in that game, but what he looked like was the type of winger who does a load of tricks, skins players, but then belts it over the bar for 30 yards because he did that a couple of times in that game. And I thought, mm, Do you right. know who else looked like that when they first broke into the Man United team? There was a lot of that for Ronaldo, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. There was yeah, a lot. So. I mean, I, they used to get the piss yeah. mercilessly ripped out of him for doing uh, all that. Step-overs and all that. But Jota... 
I mean, far, that's miles off. That's just what he looked like in his debut. I thought he was going to be one of those wingers where you're like, right, well, that's his flaw. He yeah. looks really good. He looks really good on the ball. But can he actually deliver anything? Well, question well and truly delivered on that one. I mean, that Europa League Twitter account, oh. is the, the, it, they're leaning into it now. But it's just a Jota and Kyogo highlight reel. Yeah. But I, I mean, Jota's absolutely brilliant. And it's, it's one of these players that he's he's a level above you can tell he's a level above like domestically he can do it but we're talking about the European game he's doing that against top level European opposition yeah and it's something we've we've really needed because mm. look the quality that left the club in the summer way it was all done for them but are we going to get MD up to that standard and Jota looks better than what we've had mm. recently I, I thought El Yunus was a, a really good player but Jota's a completely different player for him and yeah He's the kind of guy you love because every time you're going to the game, you're like, I'll get to see Jota. He'll, mm. he'll do something yeah. that will entertain you. And that's all my life through going to see Celtic. It started with probably the Canio was the first guy I came and thought, yeah. wow, we, this guy is something special. And it's just Celtic have been littered with that throughout the years. We've sort of lost that recently. It's Paddy Roberts left, obviously. Mm. And uh, we've just got a guy in Jota now who is unbelievable and as you're saying he's doing it on the big stage and that's where he's going to be playing with Celtic it's kind of annoying that I've already played the outrageous comparison card a couple of weeks yeah, ago yeah. with the Decano thing there's very few places to go from no. there I should have held that one that for a couple of weeks and see how it went but aye, the guy's been unbelievable and just I know Ange was asked again as to what's happening with him whether aye, they sign him and all that again and it's, I will say the chat around that from, from outside obviously all the fans want him to stay yeah. right but the chat about that from outside kind of look warm into it from like the, the comments from the, there's nothing like oh he really wants to stay and all this and even he I think was asked recently um, it, you know he's like oh I'm enjoying my football and then David Turnbull was asked about it and David Turnbull went boop 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 Jota <laughs> enjoy football <laughs> thanks <laughs> spot on impression there pretty That's, good there, add right? that to the is, repertoire here's, here's, my, here's my David Turnbull impression <laughs> Jota like football <laughs> um, uh, he's, uh, that was a joke but well, it was not a joke actually it's bang on Also, we've waxed lyrical about Jota, but as well, Penenka. Come on, boys. Oh, come on. I apparently told Joe Hart he was going to do that. Like a couple of weeks ago, he said to Joe Hart and Training, next time I get a pen, I'm going to Penenka. That when they were out for dinner, remember? There was a place of them being out for for a wee steak. Must have been, he went, I'm going to take you for a steak. I've got something to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down, order the meals. He's like, You got nothing. Joe Hart's getting all excited. What's he going to ask me? We'll have a starter's then, I'll tell you. And then the main goes, He goes, Right, okay. He goes, Look. I'm going to Penenka penalty. <laughs> Your heart's like that. Could have fucking text me. What's all this? <laughs> right, I must have been. <laughs> you deserve to be told to your face, Joe. Over a steak dinner. Stunning. Absolutely brilliant. What a penalty. And John Hartson absolutely lost his oh, shit aye. in commentary <laughs> over it. He, he, he went through about five octaves of commentary, John Hartson. And he was he was saying things like, not only an amazing penalty, not only a Penenka, but to kiss it off the underside of the bar. I'm like, you don't mean that. You, no. you surely don't aim for the bar and hope it hits the underside uh-huh. of it. But that, but that's what makes it. Do you even know what shot himself when it hit the bar? I think Chris <laughs> Sutton tweeted something to yeah. that effect. Aye. Aye. So, aye, I mean, from his angle, obviously, what you'll see is the ball dropping down from the bar, and you think, oh, is that going to hit the line? The keeper gets back up, but no. The 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 good thing about it kissing the the underside of the bar from our perspective is it just makes it look more aesthetically pleasing. Oh, yes. It's not what you aim for, no. yet, or certainly I certainly hope not. But what what a penalty it was! The goal as well, it, the penalty I'm talking about here. It's I was speaking to Stephen about before we started here. Like 
previous years we wouldn't have got that because keepers have been getting away with that nonsense for years like coming out flying yeah. and just flinging their fists in the way of coming out with their knees first the Alan McGregor special you get away just, with it in Scotland just protecting themselves mm. like you can use your hands mate <laughs> yeah. you don't need to sling a knee in somebody's face but I'm glad Celtic got it because in that game despite passing the ball well we hadn't really created much and I felt once we got that goal it just gave us a, a load of belief and a, a lot more confidence to go out there and play and it really set Bayer Leverkusen apart as well because they were they were playing well at the time and it was just ideal ideal time to get it and as soon as we score that it's just the usual for me get to half time please get to <laughs> half time and we did I'd go even further than than that with the, the referees and keepers thing I think See if you watch that back, right? The cross comes in and a Leverkusen defender heads it away up in the air before it reaches the keeper and the keeper just follows it through straight into Kyogo. I reckon if the ball had been anywhere in the vicinity, the keeper would have got away with that. Yeah, because yeah, they do, yeah. they, they get completely away. Bear in mind, it, it wasn't given until well, VAR told, told them about yeah. that, uh, to go and look at, look back at it. But ref, uh, keepers rather do that all the time. They just come out and punch people or clatter into bodies and they get away with it because their keeper, they're, they're like this protected species. I reckon if the ball had reached the six-yard box, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been given as a penalty. Because the, the, when the ref went over, he only took like two or three replays, and I thought, well, yeah. if he's taking that long, it must be yeah. a penalty. And when you see it again, you're like, "Geez, oh!" I like the, I like the gestures out. after he'd watched the VAR. He was doing, he was doing things yeah. like that on the way back to the defence. Yeah, trips, no. Yeah. <laughs> Look, we, we forgot to mention actually their goal because I want to talk about that because um, they scored that that Andrich boy, some player, incidentally, yes. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, they scored that header there. And there's this thing, and it happens all the time, and it is sometimes useful where. Immediately on social media, people watch the the replays and the screenshots flying, and and it's like the always one individual person is to blame for the goal. So as soon as that happened, there was like Ralston's to blame, lost his man and all that. Well, Hart- Hartson blamed Welsh because yeah, he because was the he closest was the yeah. guy. But yeah, nonsense. but but I, I just think that's one of the they, that was a great cross and the area that exactly what it was meant to go to. They'd obviously identified that, but also that run, Melly. He's at, he's at the back, busts through crowd of bodies which is I mean try tracking somebody through a crowd of bodies and everything else is going on he knew and the, diffi- the difficulty is he knew exactly where he was going to end up because he knew where the ball was going he knew the space to attack Welsh is in his zone but this guy's got a run and a jump and a couple of seconds ahead of him very difficult to defend against it is it was a great ball and a great header like Celtic aren't the biggest team physically apart from the two centre-halves and even then they're not mm. they're not massive for centre-halves beat on but we know he just doesn't a good He's no good at heading yeah. the ball, and Ralston, he's all—he's just physical for a right back. He's not exactly tall, so we're going to get out jumped by people. The problem is, is oh Celtic conceding another one in Europe from a corner, but again you're putting us on to last season and the mm-hmm. season Aye. before. So yes, while it it doesn't look great, sometimes you're going to concede from corners, but ultimately we could maybe be doing a bit better. But sometimes these guys are brilliant; he can put that ball right on the money. Yeah. The runs on point as well sometimes you need to hold your hands up I feel like we play against one of those every season see that Andrich guy I yeah. think oh, there's a kind of, you can trail the line the lineage back all the way from Milinkovic Savic for Lazio and yeah. then Kondogbia for Valencia these kind of big powerful defenders eh, sorry defensive midfielders sort of thing they can also play a bit and Andrich got a, a double against us he was it was, wasn't just like a big sort of Fellaini-esque battering ram he was also a pretty elegant player along yeah. with it and the, the worst thing about it is Vertz was absolutely he's better than him as he'll well be, did get two of them he'll be at <laughs> he'll be at Chelsea or Real Madrid or something oh, within tremendous. two seasons absolutely he's 18 and absolutely bossing it We're, uh, we've got a couple of good players on our side though right let's talk yep. about let's talk about Cameron Carter-Vickers who I thought had an excellent game 
yeah. mo- he's a muscular man. He's got his <laughs> back, like back like a ninja turtle. <laughs> That's what he looks like from behind. Un- I thought he was unbelievable. Joe Hart? Now, Joe Hart, since the minute he arrives in Glasgow, has been the talk of... Everybody yeah. has got had an opinion on Joe Hart. Bad signing, good signing, past it, disgraced, not the best keeper at the club. Barkas, everyone's had their say on Joe Hart, right? Everyone's had their say on Joe Hart. Oh, okay. Right? Facts speak for themselves. Joe Hart uh, cost £1 million, right? Took a massive pay cut to come to Celtic. Well, that's none of our business, what he was no. getting paid before, but he's, I don't even think he's the highest paid player at the club by, by no. reports. Joe Hart came to Celtic for a million quid to play football. He was given his chance, he's taken it, and I think some of the saves he pulled off in that game, one in particular... He's, he's keeping us in games He's and, and that's something it doesn't matter if he, if he's no the perfect player for the system or anything else you want to talk about some football playing utopia that, that might exist Joe Hart is keeping the ball in the net he's making the saves that the other players the other keepers were only making and he's reminding me of Fraser Foster it's some of these I mean I don't think I'll ever see a goalkeeping performance like Fraser Foster that one is that League Cup yeah, that no, was no, aye, one of the all time abs- greats absurd aye. absurd goalkeeping performance right but week to week Fraser Foster was just good at keeping the ball out of the net and that's what we're seeing with Joe Hart another mention for the Lazio game there Foster was Uh absolutely ridiculous in that game as well but Joe Hart not not only that he he triggered the move for the goal as well his distribution led directly to a goal Um, but the the double save to which you're referring was astounding Mm. absolutely unbelievable I've seen it back again today I watched the highlights earlier before we before we started and I, I jumped out of my seat when that happened because I was so resigned to watching the ball just ripple into the back of the net that I, I'd basically, it, I mean, it only takes a few seconds for that ball to go across and then you basically just sort of sigh mm. internally and think, well, what, that's it. There's yep. the moment. There's the Celtic in Europe moment and we're, we're done from this point on. So for the ball not to hit the net there, I actually jumped up. I was like, that that's incredible. What a save. And I've seen it back and it's more impressive the second time I saw it because it's hard to work out what exactly he did. So yeah. he obviously got his left hand down to it, which apparently is useless. He doesn't he doesn't dive <laughs> to his nothing, left yeah. hand. But not only to get a hand to that, because the striker is coming in on it. Now it bounces off him, so it bounces away from him, giving Hart a chance to get to it. But even still, the striker is more than the favourite. Oh, because yeah. even if Hart gets a hand to it, surely you just blast it through the guy's hand into the net. But he not only got a hand to it, he followed round with his body, got his other hand down on it and pulled it away. And he had no idea. That guy could have been lining up to absolutely stick the laces right through that. And Joe Hart exactly. could have got a sore one, but he's putting his face and he's putting his body on the line to keep it out the net. Uh, he's been tremendous. Barely made a mistake and just exactly what we need. He's a good goalkeeper, but he's also a great leader. Mm. And this, this is that we was it this, this game or was it the Aberdeen game? He was dealing with Gavin Strachan on something. Yeah, it was this game. The, was it? it was one of the. It was later on. There was Cordner and he went over to Gavin Strachan. I think it was the first half, and they were talking about. I think it was because uh, Andrich was getting space. Mm. They, were, they were going to tweak something in the the way they were lining up for corners. But I've rarely seen that. But with Joe Hart, whenever there's a break, he's over to somebody. Whether it's over the sideline or whether it's one of the players, he's always giving out instruction. And just on strike, do you know he turned down a managerial job in England? Uh, Hartlepool. Oh really? No, no Greg. Greg. <laughs> 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 it was I thought you were going to say Matt playing or some sort of PC world or some computer player. I should have. That would have been a better joke. Apple. Apple. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, a like, genius bar <laughs> <laughs> so the, the geek squad <laughs> <laughs> P- 
for a cyber gav, man. A cyber gav. <laughs> cyber gav. <laughs> uh, with your heart, it's just it's just perfect for Celtic right now. Is exactly what we need. And if he continues like this, look, he might take over Fraser Foster uh, if he stays on this. He need, do you know what he needs? He needs a, a he needs a Joe Hart game. He needs mm, one of those right. games, and I think he's got it in him. Where you all come away to everyone comes away talking about how good Joe Hart was in that game. How good was Joe Hart? That could have been. And the game is coming up, oh, yeah. and we had the chance to ask Joe Hart a question when he signed. And Martin Miller asked him, "Are you looking forward to putting Huns in their place?" Not in, sorry, he didn't say that. Are you looking forward to putting Rangers in their place? Because uh, you can't say that word anymore, apparently. Nope. Are you looking forward to putting Rangers in their place? And he he sort of uh, brushed it off, but his <laughs> face said. <laughs> his face said yes it's what he didn't say whether yeah, there was an important precisely, thing yeah precisely well and on comparing him to other keepers I think we maybe speculated about this when he first signed bear in mind we didn't really know how it was going to go because we were doubtful of it as well mm. when see when he came in a guy who's been he's fallen away from the peak of his career quite a bit by the time he rocked up at Celtic but what I maybe thought he could do was he could marry the the different aspects of Fraser Foster and Arthur Boric together in All that right. he's a good shot stopper as Foster is but he's also got that that character that kind of zany combustible uh, nature that Arthur but he's not he's not as mental as Arthur Boric no. but, mm-hmm. uh, at all but he had it does have that in him we all saw the videos of him kicking Kicking like, advertising boards and all that oh, and then yeah, screaming yeah, at ball boys years right, ago right. seems to have calmed in a wee bit from that but he does have that it does have that cult appeal, which mm. is probably why we've bought so heavily into him as, as well as his great performances. He's like I say, I just I, I want him to turn up, and I just want one of those games that will finally just shut up everybody. Just just that that'll be it. it Bear in mind though, how long is his contract? By the way, um, two or three years. I was three surprisingly, years, but bear in mind what that game is going to look like I, at the time. I can take it. Mate. <laughs> I can take it. But that it. cup final was absolutely horrendous. Oh, at I, I've never felt anything like that in a match before. The Thursday could have been that. Yeah, I, that's the most money I've ever won. I kept nothing in my puff. I, I had. Something like Celtic to win one 0 and Julian to score first was that my was that was that how the game ended yeah, up yeah, something yeah, like that yeah. I had I don't know won about four hundred and eighty quid <laughs> and then I was in a Glasgow a Glasgow bar after it and then uh, the whole Celtic team piled oh, in yeah, I got yeah, a picture so taken with them and all that gamble and drink responsibly folks <laughs> and <laughs> hang about with the Celtic team responsibly yes with Joe Hart Thursday night probably could have been that game if we had to get out there with the two one because he had that save he had another couple of saves he was just he was great it was just unfortunately. The two goals and Joe Hart's performance will sort of get lost in the free two defeat. What is German Stephen for every day I'm shuffling? Every don't attempt it. Listen, you just, you touched on it. You said Joe Hart sprung the Celtic goal. Great mm-hmm. vision to see James Forrest. Just a second though, James Forrest is absolutely sensational. I think you mean yeah. Craig Forrest. Craig Forrest, oh, yeah. to John Hart. <laughs> <John Hulls. laughs> Craig Forrest, John Hartson got a little bit excited and called him Craig Forrest. And the the brilliant thing about that is that. Commentary is going to be immortalised forever because it's right before the goal. <laughs> so, so, great, so that'll be there forever. Great long kick to Craig Forrest. Yes. Uh, brilliant first touch by Forrest. Gave the ball out. Stayed onside. Mm. Used the old noggin to mm. keep himself onside. Played Kuyogo in. And what I particularly enjoyed about this goal, Martin Mealy, was I don't think Kuyogo knew Jota was there, but he knew the system meant Jota was probably going to be there. So he played the ball into space, expecting Jota to be there. And look who arrives in the scene, Jota, finish. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know. You might be doing a disservice there. The vision of Kyogo has been something we've we've always noticed here. I just didn't see him take the look. I didn't see him look over. I just He was like holding the guy off and he just stuck it out to the left. Yeah, it's all about the, all about the scanning these days, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, we're all constantly scanning. Look, if he's got the, the sense it'll be there, he did brilliantly. But when I first seen it, I thought it was beat on that he B. Tom was, I can see if that move had it broke down with B. Tom with that poor pass, you'd have been absolutely raging. But 
when I when I seen it again, I didn't realise it was Kyogo that played the ball, and I mm. thought beat on to get another opportunity. But mm. just the way he got it and played it on the turn to Jota it was tremendous from him. The, the vision or, or the awareness, whatever it is, but the finish from Jota on his weaker foot is an absolute peach and all, man. Well, that's great. further to Kyogo's credit in that as well mm. because he wasn't played in. He recovered a crap pass from Beaton. Yes. Beaton played it into a defender who kind of stumbled and the ball dropped. So Kyogo turns and plays it first time out to Jota with, uh, sorry, out to Jota without even seeing him and to rattle that in because he had more time than that. Yeah. You would have forgiven him for taking a touch and maybe being closed down or try to cut inside on his right foot or something like that. That would have been totally understandable, but to just rifle it into the bottom corner like that left peg, scintillating. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So we're out. Ultimately, we are out of the competition. No, um... It's not, it's not the worst, is it, though? We've got European football in the new year. We follow into the Europa Conference. Um, we did, we've said this a couple of times in the podcast now, where we were a couple of, not a couple of weeks ago, but where we were at the beginning of the season, a couple yeah. of months ago now, um, we, we, we didn't think Europa League was going to, so we went now we've acquitted ourselves well. I suppose the only question remaining is, do we owe Betis a game? Or do you, do you play the reserves? The, the reserves? Do you play a second string side against Betis or do we owe them a match? I think... Knowing Ange the way I do and knowing how that first leg went, I, I think we owe them a game. I th- I, at Celtic Park, I think we owe them a game. No. I think we can maybe do a bit of both. I think we can 
really try and win the game because you want to do that at home regardless. Yeah, you don't sure. want to, I mean you don't want to have fans turning up for a second string, but I do think you could probably you could probably survive dropping Kyogo, maybe not playing James Forrest. Just guys who could do with either a rest or generally a breakout mm. of the team for, for a week. I think we could probably survive that. I think that the in general, if we turn up to that game, we would be understanding of that rather than coming up and it's like the B team that are yeah. out. So I don't I don't think we do that. But I think we can probably afford to change things up a little bit, yeah. Oh, it'd be a lot of rotation for me, to be honest. Keep yeah. guys like Joe Hart in, but if Greg Taylor's back then, I could see him, Julian Starfelt working back to fitness, Rogic Rogic, as well. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is options, and if we do have a bad, a Forrest and maybe Jackamakis back, I'd maybe go with that up front, because look, this game, as much as I like to see Celtic go out there and beat them, it's going to do absolutely nothing, really. If anything, it'll probably harm some players playing them in this with the potential yeah. where the, the December schedule's mental as it is with cup finals and league games coming up and we keep pointing to this 2nd of January where we need to go and play Rangers as well if players were to get injured then it's, it's very risky business considering guaranteed third place here so what, what really are we going to get out of it apart from some more European experience Yeah, let me just show you something dear listener hold on one second Stephen and Melly are wondering what I'm doing here but this what is, is doing, Stephen? What is he this doing? is important <laughs> For the benefit of audio-only listeners, yeah. Jamie is holding up a solid gold 20-minute Tim's pin badge focus. to the camera. But listen, that was for the that was for the YouTube audience. Do you like do you like the look of this this gold um, <laughs> this gold uh, solid gold 20-minute Tim's pin badge? Now, what you have to do to get one of these badges very very simple. If you're listening um, to the podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes or Podcast Addict. I start five star <laughs> review. Whatever you like, as long as it's five star, but you must, must, must put in your Twitter handle if you've got one or some way for us to yes. contact you that isn't... Absolutely crucial, that part, yeah. ...doxing yourself. If you're watching <laughs> on YouTube, just write in the comments, I want a badge with your YouTube, with your um, Twitter handle on it so we can contact you and we will uh, pick a winner every week. We're going to yeah. do that every yep. week. That's, that's it. That, it's as simple as that. Like that's and it. subscribe and then leave that. Yes. Yeah. Look, I don't know if they've liked and subscribed. <laughs> I, I, I just don't just know. Just tell them to do okay, it. Okay, like and subscribe. I don't know why people ask you to like and subscribe. Just watch the, we just want you to watch the video. That's all we want. Yep. Um, Celtic, Stephen, Davy Proven was uh, on... <laughs> Davy Proven was on Go Rate. Don't listen. See if you've got... A, don't listen is right, yeah. If you've got a massive, angry, bald man... <laughs> Six inches from a camera. <laughs> Don't light him with phosphorus. <laughs> that that was a glowing skull yeah. um, prophesizing this thing that you've been banging on about for a couple of weeks, Stephen. Um, yourself, what of the bald Ben here? <laughs> <laughs> Stephen versus Proven. Um, David Proven does look like Robocop with it, the front part of his Absolutely. Mask, Murphy, yep. He <laughs> absolutely looks like that. And, <laughs> and anyway, he sort of pioneered that look. He's looked like that for a long time, but... God. He's doing that. He's just saying stuff, isn't he? Yeah. Bit, we, I didn't actually touch on Sorry, what, yeah. what, the, what the point was. Yeah, for the past couple of weeks, Stephen's been saying on this podcast, like, there's this myth going about that Celtic's defence is shaky. And uh, always has been uh, and since always, the 90s, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just simply not the case at the moment. Especially, well, not domestically anyway. And then no sooner had just said that on last week's podcast, David Proven is in on Go Radio or wherever he was saying exactly that. They wheeled him out in front of a, a microphone and he says, I'm not convinced about Celtic's defence. I, I sympathise right, with with having to just say things and you suddenly just start talking and your brain doesn't really know where the end of the sentence is going and you basically just just roll with hey, it. I've been doing hey, it. I've, I've been, been here. <laughs> I've been doing that every week. Exactly. We're all very Shh, experienced in that. Just giving away the secret of podcasting. <laughs> but 
But he, he went down that, that familiar road of saying, oh, they're great going forward, but I, I really don't think they're much cop at the back, basically. And I'm like, well, what everyone says, despite yeah. the fact that there's no real evidence for that. And see if you are just going to go on the radio and just hashtag just say stuff. Again, I feel like I've said this a number of times over the years as well. It reminds me of the, the Sopranos when... Uh, Uncle Junior's starting to lose his mind and he's always having a go at Tony for not having the makings of a varsity athlete. So he keeps saying that to him, even though he's a grown man now. <laughs> and, like, and Tony's point is, why do you never repeat anything positive? Mm. Why, is it not, why is it not anything positive that you remember? No, <laughs> it never has been. No. Every former Celtic player comes out. Uh, uh, and with respect to maybe Chris Sutton and John Hartson, these guys do it, but every guy from the 90s, Andy Walker, like, the list goes on and on. Apart from right. John Collins just comes out and has a, has, a, has a pop at the club. And it seems to be the way to get ahead. You go to the press and you, you have a wee pop at the club, especially if you've got a book out, Alan Thompson. <laughs> oh. uh, Alan Thompson uh, has a book out, it's called A Geordie Boy. Um, and uh, I've not read it, and Alan Thompson's been very kind to us, and he's come on the podcast, yep. so I'm not going to sit here and slag the guy or slag the book, but I th- I, I, I'm, I'm saying nothing about whether this is true or not, but I did have a chuckle at myself when he, um, to, he, he... There's two excerpts that have come out of the book this week. One was what Neil Lennon and Ali McCoist said to each other. Don't Remember that burst up in that yeah. game? Shame what? game? Yeah, the shame game. Absolutely sensational. And the second one was Neil Lennon confronted him um, about whether or not he was taking cocaine. Uh, this, is Alan, this is Alan Thompson's sort of thing. So he says he got called into the training ground and Neil Lennon went to him. The higher-ups have asked me... <laughs> Um, if you have a drug problem or taking cocaine and you're taking gear yeah <laughs> you're taking gear and Alan Thompson said he wasn't and he said that that was the the beginning of the end for his relationship with, with Neil Lennon so I must stress incidentally I just think it was a bizarre thing to put in a book as, a, as an excerpt he did deny it and all that sort of carry on and, and all that but I just thought it was the bizarre but I thought the more interesting one was the Ali McCoist mm. square up thing mm. so what we've been talking about this since it happened everyone every time Neil Lennon 10 years now was on a QA, early, every, every time Neil Lennon was on a Q&A people go what did you say what happened between you and Ali what did you say and apparently after some to and fro and digs and El Hadj Juf being at it surprise surprise um, the full time whistle went Ali McCoyce came to Neil Lennon and said don't you talk to my players like that and Neil Lennon said they're not your players they're fucking Walter Smith's players and that's what kicked it all off now I've watched back the video and to be honest, that, that kind of does look like what Neil right. Lennon's saying, right? And I'm 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 so disappointed. Yeah, he's it's rubbish, in it? It uh, is so <laughs> Hey McCoist, why are you so touchy? Because <laughs> they were Walter Smith's players. You were the assistant at the time. Uh, he was would they be a manager then? What no, I think he was assistant. No, no. Ali as manager was after after, was it no after they went bust? No, he was holding the can. He was the one holding the he was the one the manager when they went bust, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I think it was before that. I think it was before who knows? Okay. Anyway. It's a touchy. Nah, it's yeah. rubbish. It's, the whole thing is, it, shit is unseemly, isn't it? It's just, it's, it's turned out very, very disappointing because the longer it went on, the juicier the, yeah. the rumours were, the the potential, the lip reading and all mm. that. If it's just that, it's, it's but what did you say that for? Like both of you? I, I loved I loved that Neil Lennon. They'll see the shaved head. <laughs> Neil Lennon, first time around. I mean, that was... Snarling, man. Aye, that was peak Lenny. Absolutely brilliant. Anyway, Al, uh, we're not here to plug Alan Thompson's book. I think everyone that listens to this probably follows Alan Thompson on uh, Twitter. You sh- and if you don't, you should, because it's an absolute hoot. <laughs> um, Celtic v Aberdeen. Melly, this was a this was a difficult game. We said before the Leverkusen game that this was going to be a tough tie. This was probably the more important game that was coming up for Celtic out of the two. Um, Rangers went to Livingston and won. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst, I think first league game in charge that we man yes, managed yeah. to get the points <laughs> on the board. He's so small. <laughs> 
he's so small. Um, so that that immediately put pressure on Celtic, and it, it, as badly as Rangers are playing just now, I've watched them. They're no great. They're getting results, and we desperately need them to slip up. And it feels to me at the moment, especially when I was watching the Sabadine game as well, that a lot of the time. We're coming up against like really sticky games. And I know Aberdeen was a difficult tie, but they've not been in the best form. And and I, if that was a draw, that just could have so closely been a draw. And I was like, fuck, we need we need to win this game. And it's it's a, it's nervy. Yeah, I mean, Aberdeen, for as poor as they've been, they did go to Ibrox and get a 2-2 there. So mm. they can perform in these types of games. But again, with the performance, like, I know it was a probably a penalty and they did score it but take away the penalty they offered nothing going forward again it was a dominant performance from Celtic pretty much didn't create as many clear cut opportunities no, as we had 20 shots four of them were on target yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 I didn't even think it was as many as 20 shots but we, well, I just told you it was 20 you uh, disagree with me? <laughs> facts are facts <laughs> I'm, I'm calling him a liar <laughs> to his face one thing I will not uh, I will not argue with the, the numbers because they never, ever lie. They tell you the full story of everything. <laughs> well, that's it. But uh, with Celtic again, it was dominant again. Barely gave up a chance then when we were at the game, Stephen, yeah. in the second half. Like, they did not even cross the halfway line until like, the 85th minute. So while Celtic weren't brilliant in the game, it's a game after a way European game, we get the victory. But a completely deserved victory again. The right. only thing really wrong with it, it was, wasn't 3-1 Jota hit the post late on. Kyogo Dak. A shot that was saved, but again, I would never felt Celtic were going to lose the game. Barely worried they were going to draw the game, but there's going to be these games, and ultimately, from now until January, it doesn't matter how Celtic play. We just need to win the mm-hmm. games. So while we can play well and play brilliant, we are dominating games. The result right now is all that matters in Europe. The performances were more important, probably in the league. Results are all that matter, and we got the result. I was relieved, to be honest. Not that, that I thought Celtic were under threat, no. for all the reasons Melis just listed. I totally agree with all of them, really. But I was just relieved because the Livingston game is still fresh in the memory. Despite the fact Celtic have been good since then, there's mm. always the threat that things can just not go your way at home, that can be really, really turgid at these, in these games on occasion. The only moment... I, of real worry was when was it Ferguson had a header cleared off the line yeah. by Juranovic but even that I think Hart had it covered behind oh, him so I thought you were talking about when Johnny Hayes was lining up to <laughs> spank <pile> driver <laughs> from 30 yards he is dreadful by the way <laughs> um, can't but, believe he's still playing I know and th- good we, assist for Celtic's goal good assist yeah for, I, and I'm really disappointed I've now seen that back it didn't come off his arse nah. nah, it was his heel although <laughs> having said that at the game and with, with the replays on the big screen, I did think, if that's off his arse, that's a hard old arse. <laughs> McGregor's got a hard pointy arse in order, to get, yeah, exactly, in order to get that that purchase on that that from there and put it in. Uh, but I, I came off his heel. But you know what? Having watched it back as well, we did our reaction with Paul from Celtic Fans TV mm. after the game. We were saying, oh, you'll take all the, all the luck you can get and all that. And admittedly, there was a little bit of fortune with it. But... Cal McGregor, who was brilliant, by the way, another Yo. great game from him. He closed it down. He caused it. No, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a forced error. Johnny Hayes leathered it. You know, and if Cal McGregor hadn't closed that down, it would have just been one of those moments where they clear the lines and we go on another attack. But Cal McGregor chose to close it down, and all of a sudden we've got a goal out of it. So you make your own luck. So there's a couple of things I noticed for the for the Aberdeen game that I thought were worthy to bring up. Um, we we don't need to go down the Abada road, but I, I think Abada here. He's going through a, a patch of bad form yeah. at, at the moment. I don't think there's any denying in that. And nothing really happens on the right-hand side. No. So we were relying an awful lot on Jota, who was getting a lot of luck. 
but the, the ball was just it went from Ralston to Jota quite a lot another thing I noticed was James McCarthy he was credited was slowing down the play mm. for, for Celtic but I thought it was far too much and I thought there was a lot of the time I noticed we when the, when the centre half so the defenders got the ball it was Turnbull tracking back to get the ball and then he was moving beyond McCarthy and I'm kind of looking at myself going what, what is McCarthy's role in all this I, I, I thought he had a decent game and he, he ended up getting a through ball for uh, for the first goal so he, he, did, he definitely did contribute but it was like a, a bit of a Jekyll and Hyde performance well no Jekyll and Hyde because some people are saying that McCarthy was really good and then there's me looking at it going I don't really know you'd look dead like James McCarthy <laughs> um, uh, just another thing before you finished up and then another thing I've noticed is most of our closing down happens in the front third so mm. our front do a lot of the closing down but see if you break that line a lot of it's very passive. We're not doing an awful lot of breaking up in our own or on our own third. Well, uh, feel free to address those in any order you want. Yeah, see the McCarthy thing. Like Stephen said, he, he thought he was a bit indifferent on him. I thought he played quite well, but I don't know. I, mean. I don't mm. know if that's me just uh, kind of willing him on or like, playing well for James McCarthy because I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Look, he's not played a lot. He'll not be that fit and all that. But it is. I thought he was getting on the ball a lot. I thought he tried to break up play I thought when he got the ball he's most of his passing was pretty safe and to somebody and I don't know if he's just trying to play his way into it but I thought he got a lot of the ball yes maybe he could play it forward a wee bit more but when Celtic are winning I thought in the second half he really came into the game and it just we've seen the game out that's what we needed to do I think you're right but there, there's just something not right about the midfield <coughs> while you die please continue uh, with McCarthy McCarthy Rogic, Turnbull, they're, they're not very dynamic and yeah. having two of the three of them in there alongside McGregor, it's just, it's not in there. We need somebody with that sort of Stuart Armstrong box to box. I feel we just need more more legs in there, more dynamism. But while this is all we have available, I thought McCarthy done done all right. Yeah. I think Callum McGregor's by far was the standout in midfield. Oh, yeah. He was oh, yeah. absolutely was unbelievable in the game. Tremendous. I know. He's, he's just one of those players where you just expect a great performance out of him every week and to the point where we maybe forget to mention him every week. We've had those in the past as mm. well where they're so consistent and so brilliant that we kind of forget to nod to them on occasion. But uh, that's exactly what I was going to say on, on the midfield problem. I was going to kind of combine those two subjects that you brought up. We had the discussion about it kind of first thing this morning in a group chat. We were talking about the various sort of swing in opinion on McCarthy's performance in that game and that, that happens with new players you've got players you've got fans rather who really really want him to do well so we'll maybe over overstate it maybe say oh he was absolutely standing that game meanwhile on the other side of that you, you'll get people who say he should never have been brought to the club so therefore he was pish the truth was probably somewhere in the middle but what we were talking about is that we were it's the kind of like with McCarthy and Beaton I think the Celtic midfield has a dynamism problem. It's a yeah. word you, you just used as well, Melly. I think overall we've got a kind of a problem with with movement and dynamism in that Is midfield. dynamism? Yes, <laughs> it definitely use the word dynamism quite a bit more. Um, Callum McGregor totally changes that, but when Callum McGregor comes in, it's then Rogic and Turnbull yeah. as well yeah. who aren't necessarily the most dynamic either. <laughs> so... It's something that needs addressed, I think. I think we need more options in there, uh, probably fewer slow players, because one thing I took away from the Leverkusen game is that, yes, they're a better team, but they're also extremely fast. And yep. how it, it's so difficult to defend against, so difficult to plan for that kind of thing. Yeah. If, the, if, the, if your opposition are very skillful as well, but if the opposition are stacked front to back, back to front, with 
extremely fast players than that. Some of their recovery runs in the Leverkusen game, not to jump back too much, but we would take the ball off them as they were attacking us, play it up the pitch, and the guy that we took the ball off would track back and got it off <laughs> our player. And you're like, fuck, you, what can you, you do here? So imagine Celtic could be like that. Imagine Celtic could be you know, stacked with really fast players. Easier said than done, of course, but we have got a number of players who are quite slow, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, and speaking of dynamism, it was that <laughs> it was that man uh, Jota again. It was a uh, brilliant play down that left hand side. Cal McGregor lays it into him and just in there again, finishes it off brilliantly. He's just he's a joy to watch. We're going to keep saying it until he's no longer a joy to watch. But embrace him while he's here, and don't worry about signing him or not. We can't control that. But what we can do is enjoy the boy. <laughs> and now he's got a cute little celebration to go along with it as well. He's got a sweet. Was that, Adorable was that, little celebration. That that yeah, his wee Buddha thing, yeah. I thought that was... Haaland does that, doesn't he? I think he's pinched oh, that. Is it? Um, I, think, I think he's pinched that. Less impressed now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Furuhashi. I, I feel like he's maybe slightly off the boil a wee bit goals-wise, but the work rate is still unbelievable. Yeah, that's it. That's it, exactly. I don't think you get... I don't think there's such a thing as a quiet Furuhashi game because despite the fact he might not be getting on the end of chances, and he did have one big one where he could have he could have scored and put it beyond doubt against Aberdeen but thankfully Celtic got the job done anyway but what you always get is the constant movement and mm. the constant work rate so it can be it can be hugely influential without scoring goals because that's, that's maybe three or four games he's not scored for and we think that's, oh, that's a goal scoring crisis but, yeah. that, but that's only because of the standards he's set earlier yeah. in the season so now nah, he's still been contributing in a big way to not only to the amount of work but just to the overall way that Celtic play I think he's just absolutely crucial to it it's, it was Oh, by the way, shout out to the referee before I forget. <laughs> Abs- Kevin Clancy, absolutely abysmal once again. Clancy um, boy. That, uh, always the same. No, yep. Always the same. That guy charging through Joe Ramirez, charging through Joe Hart, winding him. I think Joe Hart got winded, mm. blew, right. blew the air right out of him. No booking. No. A couple of minutes later, a, a blatant kick at Jota. No booking. What I did like to see, though, was uh, Furuhashi leaving one on, I think it might have been McCrory in the box. He had a wee kick out at him. That's what I like to see a wee bit of. Now, <laughs> Rangers fans on the internet are, are hate Furuhashi already. Do you know what I mean? They're, everything he does, every dive and all that. Who else they hate? What? They hate being told their manager's really short. <laughs> oh, and do you know what? Do you know the best way to stop that? Tell me. Is to get really angry about it. <laughs> yeah. Because see if you get really angry about it, we'll definitely just stop. We'll definitely <laughs> give that up. How come our manager, remember some guy went, our manager's 5'10 and, uh, and Ange Postacoglu's 5'10, <laughs> why do you? Yes, but your manager's 5'10 because he wears those things in his shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lifts. Ah, listen, your manager's a short king deal with it, right? Well, well, actually, they're the same height. Don't see it. I don't no, see it. I don't see, don't see it, it myself. No, no, no. Don't, don't see, see who's like that much anyway. <laughs> your manager wears Cuban heels. <laughs> right. Okay, back up. What were we talking about, Stephen? Uh, Furuhashi, Rangers yeah. fans, yeah. hate Furuhashi. So I like seeing Furuhashi leave one on the Aberdeen defenders because we need a dirty player. We need at least one dirty player who can st- stick the foot in somewhere yeah. Scott Brown used to enjoy a bit of that and it's good to see we've got Furashi doing that look why are we playing Hearts um, at quarter to eight at home on a, on a Thursday second against third it's another game it's going to be pretty tricky for us I just feel this is a very nervous moment because I feel like we've got the January transfer window in the sights we're nearly you know that's like that not so much the halfway mark of the season but that's a, that's a that's a milestone that's a bit of land where we can get some reinforcements restock and then continue the rest of this journey and I think we desperately need those reinforcements we mm. just can't afford to drop any more points and I want to see Rangers slip up they're just not really doing it at the moment Millie so but th- this is another big game we've got on Thursday yeah it's going to look it's going to be a testing time for Celtic going up to the January break and but it's going to be a testing time for Rangers they've got a lot of hard away games that we've already negotiated mm. so Hopefully something gives in that, but Celtic just need to go out and do their job. Hearts is going to be a difficult one. 
they will probably try and make it as difficult for Celtic as possible. You know how they play another team that's very physical and like I'm noticed it in the Aberdeen game. Just looking about, they're all just big guys, aren't yeah. they? Like they don't yeah. have much much in the way about talent, but it's all just big guys. So Celtic will need to do their job. We need to keep winning games and we need to keep our players fit. So it's just about managing all this. But we might have Tom Rogic back, so that's something uh, a bit of a game changer. Maybe Starfelt with a couple other players that are on the cusp of coming and back. People but keep telling us about these these. But we'll get what well, we just had Aberdeen, which is a tricky game. We've got Hearts for second, and then following that we've got Dundee United that are mm. fourth. You know, it's I mean. Yeah. On, Reading the names out, you think, well, Hearts aren't up to the much and Dundee United aren't up to much, but the league table tells us that these are our closest, these are our closest competition. Yeah, Drop yeah. points against them already this season mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, th- exactly, yeah. Lost to Hearts and drawn with Dundee United at home, even as so, well. Yeah, that, that's why I started the, the last part of talking about Aberdeen is we saying I was relieved because as much as I didn't feel under threat by Aberdeen, I was just relieved to get more points mm. because it's, we're still four points behind and it's not like it's one or two points where it keeps swinging back and forward we are still we need snookers just now and yeah. we just need to basically keep winning I know it's not the end of the world if we drop points but in, in many ways we don't want to be handing them yet no, more, more opportunities so we just, yeah we just, just need to keep winning we can't afford that it would be nice if we could put the pressure on them a bit because we'd exactly. had a game before but it's just not working out that way I think it will on Sunday because we are 12 o'clock against Dundee yeah, United yeah. so hopefully hopefully by then but what I used to hate in the past, Martin O'Neill and Neil Lennon done it, was when there was like this sort of end in sight for a certain bit, they'd talk about fatigue and all that kicking mm. in. I don't want to hear any of that. God, and Neil Lennon loved the word fatigue, oh, didn't he? absolutely loved it. And with Martin O'Neill's team always found that sort of last game before the the break that we'd drop points in mm. because he'd go and be going on about this break. We can talk about it as much as we like. We know we need to get there and get reinforcements in, but... He cannot be giving players excuses. I don't think Ange will. He doesn't seem like he's going to do that. Maybe this is why he is bringing off his front three and all that because he knows he needs to keep them fresh for these games. <laughs> but uh, this, I just don't want to hear that word fatigue, man. And on that, we shall wrap up this episode of 20 Minute Tim's flagship podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. Just a reminder, um, we are giving out these free. Um, we'll pick two winners a week. Uh, just leave a comment in the YouTube. I want a badge or leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Podcast Addict. Stephen, Melly, would you like to say your goodbyes? On free. One, two, three. Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, oh, God. Oh, nice yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> 